Welcome, soccer fanatics, to the Kick a Boot podcast, where we kick up the excitement and passion for the beautiful game. I'm your host, Mike, joined by my co-hosts, Dan and Ryan. Together, we'll deep dive into the world of soccer right here in the heart of Canada. Today, we have a special guest joining us. Please put your hands together for Jake Schultz, a dedicated Toronto FC season ticket holder. He's here to unleash his thoughts and frustrations about the team. So get ready for some passionate venting, folks. Grab your jerseys, lace up your boots, and get ready to kick back and enjoy some lively soccer banter. Whether you're sipping on Tim Hortons or munching on a poutine, this is the podcast that will keep you entertained and informed on all things soccer in the Great White North. Now, without further ado, let's kick off this episode with our passionate guest, Jake Schultz. That's a great intro. I I love everything about that. That's so well thought out. Thanks for coming on today, Jake. No worries. Thanks for having me, guys. So uh, you went to the game last night. (laughs) Oh, did I ever go to that game last night? What happened? Take me through it. Uh, what happens was TFC just looks lost out there. They had a chance again to make up some points, which they haven't really been doing recently. They've kind of been on a bit of a sliding scale. Uh, they were playing Chicago. Yeah, and they just came out looking okay to start. Um, you, you know, this team has had a lot of rotation issues recently um they subbed out sapong uh they they started kerr up front they ran a 4-3-3 last night i believe and they they looked good the first half like I, i'm not gonna lie i actually thought that their their chance was coming and something they outshot them like completely com- yeah they they were destroying them and then something happened at half they came out looking just completely flat i'm shocked they didn't even surrender a goal by the end because they just got outplayed and again picked up another draw and this is just what this team has been doing all season long. They've just been drawing nonstop, and they just cannot string together wins. It's kind of ridiculous. Um, it had it, it, in pure entertainment form. It was one of the worst games I've ever watched. Also, like they, that arena was sucked lifeless. There was nothing coming out of that arena, and it's shocking because BMO Field, when like the TFC is good, is usually rocking. You can tell like no one is enjoying their time. The arena was like. 50% filled, Jeez. if that. And I know it's a Wednesday game. It's kind of hard to draw people in. But it, just seeing how lifeless and dead it is is honestly sad at this point. Yeah, I'm sh- gonna... Chicago's not like a uh, big team. Sorry, Ryan. Chicago's not like a big team, but they do have like a – like Shakiri is still a star player, and that's, that's basically the biggest draw for the MLS still is yeah. you get to see these players who maybe not necessarily in their prime but sort of on the back end of their careers. But big names. Yeah, yeah Benteke – came to Toronto again. I know he's on the back half of his career too, but they have big names around. It's just... But they still can't fill the seats. No, and I... I, Look, I'm not going to sit here in a bubble and say that Bob Bradley (laughs) is the complete fault for a lot of this, and we can get into that too because that's a whole issue in itself. Uh, But I'm seeing people literally being like, I'm not watching this team again until Bob Bradley moves. And that that is a huge indictment in itself too. Like that's That's a massive issue. That's a massive red flag. And... I think they're kind of right too. If not Bradley, what do you uh, like? What do you put the blame down to? I mean, the, the the scouting and the recruitment is, I mean, in their eyes, been solid. As you get Insigne, you get Bernadeschi, you get these big names, but clearly there's not really anything to string it together in the end. I mean, I, I like Sapong. I mean, I understand why he was brought out for Kerr yesterday, but yeah, is there anything else really like to blame other than Bob Bradley? Because I mean, it seems like he has the squad that he should be okay to use it's crazy because you look at this team in a vacuum and you you see their lineups and you're like how is this team not better than they are and i think a lot of it the fit 
feels like a bunch of individual players not helping each other out. And it's so much isoval with just Insigne and Bernadeschi consistently passing back and forth to each other and not doing anything. And especially Insigne, he he had he just came off like he just won his first team team of the match with MLS for having two assists the last game and things were looking up and then he comes out again completely flat. And mm-hmm. this has been Insigne's issue the whole time in his MLS. I think his transition hasn't been as easy as he thought it was going to be coming out of Napoli. Everyone was expecting this guy to literally just come in and just be the best player in the league. He's the highest paid player for a reason, right? And he, he's just not doing anything. And it's the same with Bernadeschi. Bernadeschi got benched last game with the whole issues between there. And then he came out. He looked really good in the first half. Uh, was looking like he was going to get a goal. And then nothing happened. And then you just have Richie Larea running around doing his best. I love Richie Larea. I don't even know how he's still on this team, to be honest. I'm shocked that the team hasn't even come and got him. He's way too good for this team. He needs to go. Well, if, he, if Nottingham Forest didn't get up to the prem, he was going to stay there a little longer. Yeah. Because he was battling with uh, Jed Spence, I believe, when I, they were going through there. I genuinely think he's, he's been their best player. Yes. I don't even think it's close. Yeah, you, you see the pace he plays with, everything yeah. like that. He's... He is the one guy that I'm watching. Like He's busting his ass every single time I watch him. But it, it's just a bunch of fit, and the, these players were hurt too. Like They're missing Michael Bradley, who, yeah, he's old. He's an old man. Yeah. But he, he is a valuable leader to this team. And then you have also Jonathan Osorio, who is the face of that team. He's been out for months now with no sight. Like He's played eight matches this year. Like, and if you have that from one of your best midfielders and he's not there and one of your best defenders and he's not there, like obviously there's going to be struggles. But I just think this team is so caught up in everything else that it's just it's affecting everything. So I actually wanted to go back to where you said Bernadeschi got benched for a game. That was because of his comments that he made. Uh, he said, I think the city, the fans, everybody don't deserve this. And I think maybe we need to change something. We need a little bit more tactics. We need an idea how we play. Because this is the real problem for me. It's impossible to play like this when we play without an idea. We need the idea of football. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Do you agree with him? He's right. 100% right. I, I, don't, I don't know how you can look at those and think he's wrong. I, like Bob Bradley obviously took offense to it because he's, he's taking shots at him. And they, the, two haven't, the two haven't <laughs> seen eye to eye at all. And I, I think he's right. This team doesn't look like they have an identity. They don't look like they have an idea at all. They, they're just running around. They're not doing anything. Nothing's, it's not working. And this isn't just a one-year thing. This goes back to last year, too. Bernadeschi and Insigne came in halfway through the season, the, the, and the same issues were still happening. They just weren't winning games. And I was like, okay, well, like, give them time. Give them time. It'll work. It's been time. This is a team that needs to be performing. He's right to call them out. And for Bob Bradley to say that he was out of line, sure, Doing it to the media, maybe not the best way to do it. You don't really see a lot of that in MLS especially. You don't really see people taking to the stands and just kind of criticizing everything. What else are you going to do? Like, At what point do you get this point across that there needs to be some type of change? I think he was right. Do I think the benching was uncalled for? Yeah, I think it's a little insane to bench your best player. And I don't think that's wrong to say he's the best player. Sorry, Insigne. No, he is. Uh, I don't it's, – it's such a weird – TFC – the fact that they're – the focal point of the MLS right now for the wrong reasons is insane to think this when last year it was nothing but green flowers coming into the season. Everyone was so excited for this. To see this is just – it's upsetting. I will say that uh, I went to a game not that long ago. It was when they played New England. They lost to them. Of course they did. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, <laughs> they went – they lost to New England, and I was with, like, my dad and my brother. Yep. And the whole game I remember, like, mentioning to them, 
that like I like to think that I'm someone that like I kind of like I like the tactical side of the game I like kind of seeing what teams ideas are seeing kind of like what their style or like you said their identity is the whole game I pointed out that I have no like I had no clue what TFC was going for there was no like some teams you can kind of tell they they prefer a little bit of like possession like they hold it back and try to find their little openings some just prefer the counter attack some prefer the long ball TFC wasn't doing anything that I was like oh like this is how you kind of like want to get forward like it changed every time which I was like you have to have some sh- and like Bob Bradley was not trying to change no a single no, thing no but one thing I wanted to bring over actually to Mike uh, I think you mentioned that like Insigne the transition has been difficult Mike do you think coming from Napoli like to the MLS with Toronto FC do you think he just has like a lack of interest 100% I don't think he's trying I think he got that paid paycheck and he's just sort of coasting it seems like he believed that as soon as he just started in the mls he would be good because he's just he was playing in syria and it just that's basically what it looks like it just looks like it's just not translating uh but i i do think that bradley is also a huge part of that issue like he's he's a developing manager right like he was the first coach of lafc and as soon as they got good he couldn't win with a good team they they parted ways with them um he was good for chivas and the the men's uh, united states team he develops players and that's why you see this a lot of this iso ball he's trying to give people the players the confidence the opportunities but th- that's not what this team is right now this is a it's a playoff team what are they third last in the east yeah with the points last night i believe they're now in 13th and in the division but they're they they have three wins on the season like that that's a damning enough as it is for a team yeah. like this it shouldn't it shouldn't be a thing I think Manning, sorry to cut you off there. Uh, Manning is another one that also is at fault. Bill Manning, their president. Like, I, I don't know how you continuously keep watching all this and be so stubborn to stick by anything. And he is he has spoken out about nothing on any of this. He hasn't talked whatsoever about any of the things. I, at what point should we start typing the conversation of Manning needs to be also be out of this team? I think Bradley and Manning, like, this, I just think a restart needs to happen eventually, sooner rather than later, because this team's just spinning its tires over and over again. Yeah, I think... I, like the the crazy thing is that when you look at TFC from an outer perspective, I feel like there is a lot of I mean rotten eggs. Like there's some guys that just you don't want to field in your starting eleven. I'm not going to name names because you know I want to have good relationships with everybody. Why don't you but, name their names? What? Why don't you name their uh, names? Mark Anthony K. Anyways, okay. I was going to um, say you're going to bring his name up because yeah, yeah that's uh, but like Richie Larea, as you mentioned, should be playing in a better league. Maybe it just he has the whole. Um, I feel like, you know, having a Canadian flag beside your name, I feel like there's still a little bit of uncertainty when you get to, like, the European leagues and stuff. Yeah. Um, Even still? I think still, yeah. I don't think I don't think it's changed enough. I think the World Cup was a great start for Canada, but I think Larea, um, I like Brandon Cervania. I think he's been... Oh, he's great. Yeah, I think he's been a good servant in the midfield. He's I been mean, very good. Like, I don't think he's someone that, like, you... Like, an all-star caliber kind of, like, big, big household name, but he's been great. Um, I don't think you can blame any of it on Sean Johnson in that. Although no, Sean Johnson. Well, especially going last year from Bono to Sean Johnson, and that was what everyone thought last year was like this team needs goaltending, and like once they get goaltending, they'll be a lot better. Well, they got goaltending, but it's just like everything else around them as well. He's been fantastic though. He's yeah. he, he clearly, does let in some some questions. Sure, but if you watched Bono last year, Bono let everything in, so it's already an upgrade there yeah. from that point. Yeah. But that that really didn't fix a thing. No, no, absolutely not. But they have some young guys like coming through the ranks that I think are like pretty promising. It's just that I mean, you need to find a way to work them with the 
I guess, superstardom that is the two Italians. Um, it's a shame they got Domenico Crescito at the time that they did because I think he was a very solid baller, but he is a bit old and also struggled from the possibly did not care. Man, <laughs> I was at that game last year when Crescito just banged the ball from, like, basically half court to, like, half, half the field, pitch. Half, half field, field. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's my basketball today coming out. <laughs> uh, it, it was that place went electric. That moment was like one of my favorite moments of like the past two years of TFC. I miss Crescito a lot. That yes. guy was an unsung hero for that team last Absolutely. year. And uh, yeah, you you need production out of the main two guys. Like the this year, Bernadeschi has had three goals, I think, in fifteen matches. Last year, he played only thirteen matches and had eight goals. Yeah. And then this year, Insignia has played nine matches and has one goal. Last year, he was 11 matches and six goals. Like 19 games, seven goals. That's not good. That's not good. For your, for top your two, star player. Yeah, not just the your top two. player in the MLS. The top two highest paid players in the MLS. Yeah. yeah like, that is, that's not okay. Highest paid Italian player in history. Yeah. Of all leagues? All leagues. Yeah. Oh, oh, man. It's not good. It's not looking great. <laughs> I just think they thought they were getting another Giovinco, but I think the problem that TFC faces is that Similar to Bernardeschi, Giovinco had a name that he wanted to prove. And Insigne has nothing to prove, but he is making a whole country think he looks really bad. Yeah, <laughs> like, really bad. Like, Bernardeschi, I think, even my uh, friends back in like my hometown, we used, always used to talk about the fact like when he got signed that Bernardeschi has always wanted to be the face of something, whether it was at Fiorentina, whether it was at Juve. And he was never really given that chance. And I think Toronto, like, even through social media, he's really made a name for himself. But Insigne, I mean, Napoli, he was kind of their star boy amongst, mm -hmm. I don't know, Mertens and Homsik. I don't know. There was, like, a few guys. Also internationally, he had, like, really good exactly. tournaments. He's always been a big name known by yeah. pretty much every football fan around. But I think Bernardeschi has wanted to be that face. So I don't blame him that much. Even if he's been playing a little, you know, not the greatest, it's clear him and Bob Bradley have a little issue. Um, from the outskirts, at least, it looks like that. But um, Insignia, I just, I don't know. I, I, I've not been impressed. I think uh, true, true, true waste of money. And personally, yeah. I don't see it turning around anytime soon. Do you think if we get rid of uh, Insigne, well, that Bernadeschi, Bernadeschi <laughs> unlocks uh, <laughs> the next part of his game? I think so. I, I'd like to think so. They, it makes sense when, Ryan, you mentioned that Bernadeschi wants to be that face because there was an article written last week from The Athletic which kind of just un showed all the turmoil that's kind of happening right now with TFC. And they mentioned a lot about Bernadeschi's frustration with his feeling like he wants to take that next step and be that leader. And him and Insigne are clashing because of that, because Michael Bradley's the captain, but Bradley's been out and he's probably not returning for us this season. And Insigne has been wearing the captain, but Bernadeschi feels like he should be the one having it. So, and I, I think it's right. I think the two Italians probably are clashing backstage, and we don't know a lot about it. But you can tell even on the pitch, they just don't look that engaged with each other. And I know no. that they do pass a lot with each other, but they just don't. There's just something not clicking. So I think Ryan's right. I think Bernadeschi does want to take that next step and be that face. And the fact that Insigne is getting all these flowers, like he was the guy that was held in when they signed him. Everyone's like, this is our guy. This is the one that's going to push them for further. And he just hasn't been. And Bernadeschi was really the one that stepped in and was doing everything but wasn't getting the same level of respect. I think there's a lot to that. I think that narrative is extremely interesting. And it's one to explore if they were to move Insigne. The problem is who takes Insigne right now? Nobody. Nobody. No one. No because one that contract is ridiculous. So it wasn't upsetting because the team seemed like it was completely laid out for that, like a person like 
I mean, they laid it out for Insigne, but for Bernadeschi to take that role. Yeah. And as soon as Bernadeschi came into that role, Insigne, you know, crapped out. But it almost feels like it comes from MLSE. Like, they're the ones telling, no, you have to push Insigne. You have to push the, like, we spent all this money on this person. We can't give up on this. And it's soccer, right? It's not like hockey or the NBA where you can move players no. as easy. It, it, where do you go from there? I think the – I mean, I'm trying to think of names in the TFC 11 that you could put the captain's armband on. Um, <laughs> but I do think that putting it on Insigne's shows how out of touch Bob Bradley yeah. is with the starting 11. Because even during his time with Napoli, like, I mean, being, you know, Italian background myself, you know, I watched the Serie A a lot, like, while even Insigne was around. Insigne is not a captain of – any team if you ask me personally like personality wise like on the pitch I don't see him as a captain figure um like even like I know he's kind of young and you don't give it to like a fullback but like Richie Larea deserves it more than him if if Osorio's on the field you give it to Osorio I think there's players that mean more to the team than Insigne well yeah and and more to the fans yes I mean I think Insigne is your biggest name but that doesn't like the number one thing you're taught about like captaincy growing up is that it doesn't just go to the best player which is why you have to believe that it's coming from higher up right yes it's either Bradley being out of touch. It's either the push from, like you said, um, Maple Leaf Sports Entertainment, in case you're unfamiliar with MLSE. You know, you're listening out here from Wolverhampton or something. Um, no, you're not. We're talking Wolves? <laughs> what? Oh, what? We can talk Wolves soon if you want. But, um, yeah, no, I think I think there's a lot out of touch, and I think it is translating onto the pitch, unfortunately, for Toronto FC fans because they deserve better. So – if Ber- if we are like agreeing, Bernadeschi is what should be the main card of TFC, and he has beef with Bob Bradley. Who do you re- replace Bob Bradley with? Anyone, literally anybody <laughs> at this point. Anyone that knows football. Someone remotely. just to keep the ship moving, not well, taking it back. Jesse Marsh just got sacked by oh, Leeds. That's too big of a name. Is it? Yep. Yeah, he's gonna be. You think so? Championship yeah, he of the stays, Prem. Yeah, he's not leaving Europe. He stays you don't in think Europe. So? No. Unfortunately, with the MLS, MLS. But unfortunately, with the MLS, managers leave the MLS for bigger things. No bigger managers come down to the MLS. It's not really like players, unfortunately, True. I think. I, don't, I mean, I don't know MLS coaching vacancies that well, but I, it, I find it hard to imagine that you can go much worse <laughs> than Bob Bradley's current form. <laughs> I just think the whole Bob Bradley thing is just weird to begin with because why are you hiring someone's dad? Like yeah, it, it just—it feels weird, nuts. you know. And it, it was an odd player to do that for. Like yeah, I get like, that he he meant he meant a lot to the team and the in the championship, but I mean he's on the back end of his career. Like you said, he's he's probably not he's not coming back this year. But I mean, does anyone want him back next year? Probably not. I doubt it. Especially with Cervania now. It, I mean Osorio. It was I a weird decision. Yeah, yeah I, I don't really get it. And people are also talking out about Michael Bradley too on the the article they mentioned that like people are former tfc players literally being like he's not a teammate he's an assistant coach which is a damning statement to say about someone who's supposed to be the captain of your team and i just think the whole bob bradley thing is souring a lot of people's perspective on michael bradley who was once this cherished player of toronto fc like he's he was one of the most loved players up there with giovinko and it's it's sad honestly it, it shouldn't get it shouldn't have gotten to this level it's crazy that we're talking about this team in so much turmoil. It's just it's depressing to watch, especially as a season ticket holder, because like for two years straight now I've been expecting greatness, and that's what they've sold us on was that yeah this is that we're gonna do it, but this is gonna be a time, and they haven't even stiffed playoffs. Will you renew those tickets? 
I doubt it, honestly. Like, what what is exciting me and it's incentivizing me to come back at this point? It's genuinely Richie Larea. Like, I, I, I love watching that guy play football. That, that Every time I'm like, okay, if everyone's like sucking, I'm just going to watch Richie play because yeah. I just love watching him play and run around the field and occasionally Bernadeschi. But when he doesn't play, he's very lazy on defense too, so he's kind of just walking around the pitch half the time. But I don't know. I, I don't think I'm going to be renewing them now. I do want to get into, um, like, European and Prem chat soon enough, but I, I do have to say I think this season – can already be confirmed. I mean, Bob Radley out or Bob Radley stays. I think this is already a write-off season for Toronto FC. And in my personal opinion, they have to start looking for someone new, give them the rest of the season to work with these players, find out who they want to keep and who they want to get rid of, and, and move on from there. That's that's kind of what I've seen as the general consensus, I guess. So, Jake, what's your move this summer? Or, I guess, this winter? What's my move? What am I doing? What do you move? What do you change? Well, Bradley should have been gone two months ago. So that's the first thing is you're getting rid of Bradley. I think you gotta you gotta look at the availability of Michael Bradley and see if he's coming back. Get him gone. Give yeah. him his, give him his applause. I, uh, I think it's time on. to move on, man. I think this you gotta rid everything of the old core. I think it's just it's time to move on. And he's the last remaining remaining person. You got rid of Josie Altador last year. Uh that was a bitter taste for TFC fans and he's having a decent time right now in new england i think you just you got to try to get bradley both bradley's off that team you got to try to move insigne won't happen it won't happen no but you got to figure something out with insigne i think just the only hope is a similar move to giovinko where like some saudi or just comes in and takes him qatari something like that comes in and just offers him that would be bailing them out at that point yes that would be a huge a huge bailout and would open a lot of possibilities but i mean that's kind of kind of hoping for What's the phrase? Hoping for a uh, needle in uh, needle in a haystack. Looking for a needle in a haystack. I don't know what's. I don't know if that's the proper. To lead a horse to water. Phrase to. Well, it's like a hoping for a something into something. Curious case of Benjamin Button. <laughs> I think it's yeah. that one. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, the you're hoping movie? for a curious case of Benjamin Button. That's exactly what I was looking for. It's a great way to describe TFC right now. Yeah, but uh, backwards. I do. I do kind of want to talk about you know. Just this past weekend with the Premier League closing out and uh, a lot of things being confirmed. I don't really, I mean, some things were confirmed before that I don't really want to talk about, such as Southampton going down. But there were a lot of other things confirmed. Mike, I uh, I heard you're quite the fan of Everton staying up. No. Uh, nope. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, uh, no, uh, and Bournemouth is dead to me. So maybe you <laughs> do literally anything, Bournemouth. You had 10 extra minutes. Just needed a tie. What do you guys, I mean, anyone can pitch in here that wants to, but what do you guys think of um, the relegation picture at the end of the season with Leicester, Leeds, and Southampton going down? I mean, that's the biggest fall from grace, I think, in Premier League history. I mean, seven years ago, you were the champions, and now you're, I mean, I mean that's wild. What happened to that team? They're a selling club. Sold all their good players. But they seemed like a middle of the table. Even just last year, they were. I mean, yeah. they were fighting off. But you know, if you look at their their club, yeah, you should. You wouldn't think that that squad would be relegated. But I think I they got. Know. I think they got a little turned around by, um, like, purchases and sales, like you said. Um, but then I think the end of it comes down to the fact that none of Leicester's players that like were remaining wanted to be there. Jamie Vardy is. I mean. 
still Jamie Vardy, but he's seems ready to maybe yeah, give it one last go. But career. Yeah. Think so, yeah. James um, Madison's done. James Madison knows that he's going somewhere bigger, so he really did not yeah. care too much about Leicester City's chances. Tielemans already said he's going to Harvey Barnes. Soyuncu already had a deal confirmed with Atletico with like five weeks left in the league, so like he did not really care. Casper Schmeichel left. I mean, their keepers were Danny Ward and Iverson, which never got fixed. I both of them just are not Prem quality keepers. I think I'm not gonna lie. I mean, I have a bit of bias in saying this. I think out of the three teams going down, I think Leicester's gonna have the hardest time coming back. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, think I don't think that's crazy to say. I don't think it's that crazy to say, but like when you look at the quality on their team right now, like even like partial football fans know the name Jamie Vardy or like some of these other names, and to see them in 18th spot below the likes of Bournemouth below the likes of I mean Nottingham Forest I guess obviously you can't say Fulham because they had a great year but like to see them get relegated like you said like seven years after winning a Prem title like it it's weird it doesn't unheard of yeah it doesn't have much sense behind it until you look into the deeper deeper sections of that club and I I, I think yeah all the good pieces are gone yeah they're gonna be gone I mean indeed he's gonna be gone even like I'm not even a fan of Dewsbury Hall. I think he's a bit overrated by English supporters. If you really, if you know much about him, but I think even someone like Dewsbury Hall will probably look for a, pl- a prem club to come get him. Like I don't think there's that many Leicester pieces that are going to stick around for a fight back up right away. Yeah. I think they have uh, like a uh, what's that old house show uh, Extreme Makeover Home Edition. Ty Pennington? Yeah, that one. Yeah, they move have a, that bus. <laughs> yeah, they have a <laughs> yeah. move that bus coming real soon. I think you're going to have a starting 11 next season where you maybe know a couple of the names. I, I like. But, uh, and then Leeds. Leeds is just. Uh, Leeds you could see coming. Yeah, I think they had enough turmoil that they do, but they had, like, a good thing going with their, like, young signings and stuff. And yeah, it's, it's, it was, and they were even linked to a couple of people just, like, last summer. Yeah, it's it's going to be – they're going to be also a very weird one to see what happens with their players because um, – I think I, they could fight back. They do invest in championship football, but I, I don't see what Leicester's going to do. No, I think That's Leicester's screwed. I think Leeds, I, like it just depends. It depends who goes and who stays of their young guys. Because I think I read somewhere that Brendan Aronson, the American, is likely to leave because he has a clause in his contract or something that, like, if they got relegated. He's, oh yeah, yeah, he's gone. The yeah. American guy. Yeah. Yeah. And then Weston McKenney, they can't resign or they can't keep, which honestly is probably no. a fine thing. He was not that good for no. them. Um, but then like, even like Sinistera, Willie Nonto. What do you do with Patrick Bamford? There's a lot of names that you have to find a resolve for and they're another weird one so in saying that southampton it's your time to get back up oh yeah yeah. (laughs) tell us about southampton tell us all your thoughts on them oh i can't tell you all my thoughts because uh we can't make this podcast too long six wins uh, 38 games okay well you're just starting me off with the okay well okay let me let me tell you this (laughs) if i if i told you that Manchester City won't win the quadruple because Southampton will not come out of a, a <laughs> cup tournament. Uh, you'll do the double on Chelsea. Uh, you'll tie with Liverpool. I think we did the double on Everton as well. We did the double Everton. on Everton. Yeah, and then like, like you, you had said, some good away draws, some home wins against top six. In the story of David versus Goliath, Southampton is David if David could never beat David because we will fight the Goliaths. But as soon as a David approaches our David, this is a lot of David. 
But like I get I, as soon as like we get placed against a club that's around like the caliber of Southampton, there's nothing. Absolutely nothing. But then you put us against Man City in the cup. You put us against I mean Chelsea had a tough season, but they're still a they're team still that Chelsea. has far more quality than we have had in years. And we we dominated them. Like it says we, a lot about uh, Manchester City, though. There's just, like, some teams, especially in the big six, who, who just roll over when they face, like, bottom half yeah. opposition. Uh, Man C- I think that's probably a key part of, like, Pep's whole thing. It's, it's the consistency of never dropping those games. And when they do, just steady in the ship right away. Arsenal had that three draws in a row, which really shot their title chances and basically yeah, ended it for them. Realistically, Southampton screwed just Realistically, yeah. <laughs> like, that's, that was the three points that was desperately needed and seemingly on a silver platter. League run through Southampton, dude. dude. <laughs> off it. But, like, you know what? If you asked me if I'd have those moments or a 15th-place finish that would keep us in the prem, I would get the hell rid of those moments and stay in the prem. <laughs> Because, I mean, yeah, I know a lot of insider stuff-ish about Southampton, just kind of searching things, and it seems like we're in good shape to come back up. We have a lot of young guys that are um, coming through. I mean, Mike, you're a Liverpool fan. I don't know how much of that um, game you caught, the 4-4, just yeah. the best way for Southampton to finish a season I've ever seen where they get relegated. Um, but we have – there is there is that one first goal, that's the best way. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we have we have one youngster that came on that I'm very excited about. Um, 16 years old, the youngest player to ever play for Southampton in a Premier League game. Got subbed on for James Ward-Prowse, who I, I don't want to talk about. I'm going to miss that boy. Um, but Sam Amo Ameya, just remember the name if you're listening to this. I'm going to look back on this podcast in like a year, and I'm going to look like a genius. But that's enough about Southampton for now because I don't want to. I actually wanted to oh, hear shit. what you think. Like, what do you think the relegation came down to? Um, going through three managers is probably. Uh, I don't think there's ever been yeah, a club. Yeah, that'll do it. I don't yeah. think there's ever. I think I read this. I don't think there's ever been a club in the Premier League that's had three managers in a season and stayed up. Oh, okay. I was going to say. I believe. Chelsea's definitely had three managers in a season. They must have. Probably this season. Did they? They definitely did. Lampard, Tuchel. Ooh. And is that it? Point. Good point, I guess. Oh, yeah. No, they had the Potter, uh, yeah? before. Yeah, oh, they, they had Potter. Potter too? Okay, well, then they're the one. But <laughs> okay. they're, they're, the likelihood of it, okay. But they, probably, sorry, you meant stay up. Yeah, though. you said stay up. I was just talking in general. I was like, that's Yeah, kinda. but there's probably there's probably is more. That's probably not the right way that stat was written. But the likelihood of it is, like, next to none. Um, you going to miss Ruben? Uh... Ruben Sellers, I think, as a manager, has the potential to do great things. Um, but end of the day, he was thrown into the deep end. I mean, he worked under Hasenhutl, kind of trained under him as well as a bunch of other places. He's been to like seven different countries to manage. He's only like mid thirties, which makes no, or like late thirties, which makes no sense to me. Um, but Hasenhutl, I think, getting rid of him, it was time, but it definitely played a role in us going down. Hiring Nathan Jones, I don't think Nathan Jones could keep Man City in, like, the top five. <laughs> like, that guy sucked. Um, but, yeah, going through going through that many managers, I think any team doing it is wrong. Southampton has their new man set up in Russell Martin, yeah. who is formerly of Swansea. Um, all signs are pointed to good for them. Um, but I'm sure people listening to this don't really care for my opinions on our championship manager. So I do want to talk about Chelsea. 
because what a catastrophe that turned out to be, as we just mentioned, going through managers. Um, like, dude, the amount of money spent for as poor of a season as they had is embarrassing. Completely. Really, I I genuinely think that comes down to the managers. They had so many options, they just never played attacking people. Like, nobody could go up front. Nobody went behind defenders. It was such an odd formation. Frank Lampard literally, uh, I think, ruined his managing career yeah. by never making an adjustment. It, you're not scoring goals. Put people on who can score goals. It's just... The weird thing is that I've never seen so many big-name signings disappear on a team quicker in my life. Yeah, Mikhailo Mudrik, there was about four squads. Enzo Fernandez, Wesley Fofana, Mudrik, Kukurea, Sterling, Koulibaly, like... Jao, Mason Mount, Pulisic, Havertz, Conte, Ziyech. I was just naming the ones that they bought just this season. But, but dude, that, just like, look at all those names, man. Name-wise, that sounds like you're listing a team that's in the Champions League semifinals. Yeah. yeah. Like, and that's not... Well, I mean, they were. Yeah. No, no, no not the semi. Damn. Quarters. No, but, like, it's... Yeah, still, though. It sounds like you're listing, like, a Champions League favorite team, possibly. Probably not favorite. 100%. But, like, you're listing a really solid team, and then you look at the table, and they're below Aston Villa, Fulham, Brentford, Crystal Palace. Dude, Crystal like, Palace above... Chelsea is just crazy. Yeah. And they were not, like, they were generally to the point that if they didn't have, like, at all a solid start, they could have been relegated. 100%. Like, if it weren't for the first few months of the season, they were in big, big, like, deep waters. Which is insane. People thought it was actually going to happen. I know. They're Chelsea, dude. I think, like, after the first couple of months, I was laughing because I thought Chelsea was going to get conference, the conference yeah. league. and They, they got worse than that. They got worse <laughs> than that. worse than that. <laughs> Dude, I, like, we're in Canada. I grew up going to elementary school, and people were wearing, like, Chelsea jerseys. Oh, yeah. And now it's 2023. Yeah, and they're 12th from the, Grace. Yeah, they're 12th in the prem. They got outdone by, like, not even the teams that you'd maybe expect to, to outdo them, the teams that you don't. Okay, let's tell me if you cut any of these people, Felix. What do you mean, like, like just if you keep him for next season? Or, uh, well, uh, Felix he's not is coming on back. Loan, he's no? not coming back. Yeah, it's no, already confirmed. Uh, but they had the option to buy. But uh, oh, no, I think he back. said he didn't want to come back. He didn't want to come back. But Poch already said there's like quite a few people he doesn't want coming oh, back. Oh, Poch is going to yeah. clear house. Yeah, we'll talk about him in a bit. But go, go through what you were gonna do, Mudrick. Uh, uh, Mudrick, I think needs a loan. Yeah, I, I don't think you dump him. I think yeah, you I need him to find his former little Shakhtar form. Um, what an insane amount of money to pay for that guy. Yeah. 70 million euros. Does not seem at all worth it yet, but, I mean, I've watched him, I guess, and, like, like I'm not going to sit here and say that I watched the Ukrainian league, but I did watch him in a couple um, just European tournament matches. Um, I think it was the Champions League, but I didn't want to be overly confident in that but he looked great like among a team that like in Shakhtar that's I mean they're not that great but he was clearly clearly the golden spark looks like he doesn't have a finish no I mean which which could be possible just like I mean for Shakhtar he was like a right on left mid like he was uh, simply a burst on the wing kind of guy but he still did have 
the ability to like make you pay if uh, if you give him the chance. But th- yeah, it doesn't seem like that at Chelsea. Maybe it's the shift into the, like English football. But I think he just needs a loan somewhere. I don't know if maybe even you keep him in England. I think maybe you see. I think you, if you're Chelsea, you keep him in England. Yeah, that's, that's the type of football you want to see him play. True. Right? I just true. I think he just needs some confidence. But yeah, yeah he's I, only 22, so. No, but I think for that price tag, you want to see some, uh, at least something right away. Yeah, and you haven't yeah. seen anything. No, there's, there's nothing from him right now. Yeah, that's yeah. True. All right. The uh, Captain America. Um, I wouldn't keep him. I, I'm personally, I'm not really a big fan of Pulisic. No? No. Or Pul- How do you say his last name? Pulisic. Pulisic, yeah. Pulisic okay. Uh, it depends what you do with the others. Like, for example, if you're letting Mudrick go. You think go, he could start next season? If they keep Sterling out on the other. I'm going to say no. No. He's been linked to Milan, actually. He's been good there. Yeah. That's 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 not a bad. That's not I'd a bad. Like him there I, for I would, yeah, I would do that for Milan. I I'm gonna say he stays, but if he goes, I think it'd be good for him. I think he could be a good sep- second option for Chelsea, though. Yeah, Conte. What's going on? I don't know. What's Injury. Going on. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. I, I can't. He was such a staple of that team in their Champions League season. Well, he, he had big injury problems. I don't know if you can blame that. On no, him. no, no. <laughs> what did Chelsea do? Um, I would keep him strictly, like not solely for leadership, but he's still a good player. If he's healthy, you play him. But like, look at the age, ages of all the players they just bought. Enzo, 22. Fofana, 21. Mudrik, 22. Kukurea, 24. Um, that, those are all really young guys. You do need a sense of leadership. I think Thiago Silva's on his way out soon. Oh, yeah, I think he's out soon. Koulibaly's 31. Um, and you Koulibaly, need what happened to him this season? Dude, no idea. I don't know, He was man. like the prize center back. I, like, yeah, man. Shock Chelsea got him too. Yep. Koulibaly and Thiago too. Silva. That, sh- that defense should have been stellar, man. Should have yeah, been man. unreal. It just was not. I mean, I don't think anyone – I mean, obviously Thiago Silva is great. I don't think anyone was expecting them to sign Koulibaly and still say that Thiago Silva was the best centre-back in the yeah, team. Yeah, 100%. He by far was. He's the best player on their team. Yes. It's, Which is great. nothing. What, Silva? I'd say Reese yeah. James is the best player. Uh, well, he was, just, he was just injured. And stuff, yeah, it was so injury, out. yeah. But when he's there, I think Reese James is their, their best player, to be honest. Yeah. I don't think I can, like, debate I dispute that. that. Yeah. yeah, just the injuries are tough. All right, I would yeah, never – yeah, sorry, go you got to cut the goalies, right? I, I think they did a little bit dirty. He stepped up for them when Keppa fell off, and and they're kind of just well, I not mean, really he's giving bad him, again though. Well, they're not really giving him room I to was, work through it. Gonna see, I was weirdly going to say that maybe you keep Keppa as a number two and get rid of Mendy. Really, yeah. Keppa's so short, man. Like every goal that you watch him, like just goes right by his fingertips, man. If he just had a little bit more height, I think he'd be s- such a good goalie. Yeah, but I think if he's if he's willing to be your second guy. I don't know. Mendy, it's hard to say. Maybe he was just a little, like... I mean, you can't say a one-season wonder, though, because they they signed him for a reason. Like, he was great. Yeah. Yeah, he was, he was awesome. Champions League winner. Yeah. I don't know. I think in that Chelsea's, like, team this year, which was probably the most dreary, gloomy team in all of England, I don't think it was easy for anyone to look good. No. So you kind of have to consider that as at the same time. Like, I agree, but I disagree because... Th- Anybody could have shown in that team. Nobody did. True. I think that it was, also speaks it was to a the great managers. Spot. I, I, it's totally the manager. I, I completely blame the managers. I don't blame a lot of people on this team. So I agree, like to a sense, but I'm also saying that, like, if three managers couldn't get this team to work, like, it just seems like the entire, like, boat was just broken. I don't know. I 
those managers were terrible. I am I am truly shocked. Tuchel won the Champions League with that team. Basically. I am shocked yeah. at how bad Graham Potter turned out. I still think the Tuchel sacking was terrible. Yeah, that was a wild decision. I would not have done the, that. Yeah, Potter. Uh, Dude, po- with how well he did with Brighton, I thought, like, obviously, Deserby's kind of, like, overshadowed. Yeah, honestly, it makes you kind of forget that he was there. But, dude, Potter was incredible. Like, he got them results out of nothing. Yeah. And, like, he – Deserby kind of took over and made it better, but Potter really started this Brighton project. And the fact that, like, with the players that he was offered at Chelsea couldn't make anything work, I think was, like, the biggest managerial shock this season, if not in, like, the past couple seasons I've seen. I thought he was going to do – no, I like. I don't think he's gonna be like manager of the season at Chelsea, but I thought, I thought that was a shoe in that he was gonna like do well, and it just went to nothing. Yeah, I don't think anyone expected this from no. him with Chelsea. No, no. And he's not. Even, he's not even gonna be able to find work anywhere for a bit. I don't think. I think like that put so many people off. That, like I don't know where he goes. Do you know who Potch is cutting? He I had a list. I gotta right? check. There was a list that he he said who he doesn't want on the team. That's a good signing for them, man. Oh, such a oh, good pickup, man. Amazing. That's incredible. Especially, like, with how many teams he's been linked to. Oh, yeah. Like, obviously, it hasn't worked out. But, like, that is uh, – Mauricio Pochettino is a very special manager. Formerly of Southampton, by the way. Just want to point that out. <laughs> Anyways, um, <laughs> he's a special manager. And if he can't make it work, then you have to look a lot deeper into that Chelsea front office and, team and everything to do with it because there has to be something off if Pochettino's not fixing your problems. There's some very good memories with Pochettino. Yeah, yeah, losing in the Champions League final. No, that was a that was a good one for yep. them. All right, <laughs> could, <laughs> could they lose too? Can't yeah, I don't really remember. Um, it's actually crazy. He got Tottenham to the final. That's wild. Yeah, what's Tottenham gonna do? Where's their manager? Uh, I have no idea actually. I we Seems talked like about a this lot of people. A lot of people are refusing it. Yeah, well, we talked about wild. this a little bit on the last one, I believe. Um. Just the idea that even like Feyenoord's manager Arner Slot turned down the opportunity yeah. to go there just to re-sign with Feyenoord. I do like um, he's just uh, far too young, but I like Ryan Mason, who's kind of was their interim near the end. Um, I think he can make it work in the future, but he is he's too young to command the room right now. You so think? they they need someone to work above him, and I I don't know maybe Graham Potter. I don't know <laughs> what do you try here, but. Daniel, how you how you coming on finding that list? Dude, I am struggling, man. <laughs> I think they should get Brendan Rodgers. The Spurs? Yeah. That's not a bad That's one. Not bad, build yeah. He's he's good at building an identity. Yeah. Little tiki taka. Gets everybody involved. You could build something up there. I don't think that's your permanent fix, but I mean Tottenham has a lot of things to look through as well. I mean if if Kane's planning on leaving, that's a big hole you gotta fix. Um where would Kane go though? Madrid. We did this already. Yeah, we already kind of. Too many Kane things, man. No. Too many Tottenham questions. I know. Well, that's, that's how it is with all these prime clubs. I mean, you don't really need to question Man City. Um, you see, it, like up at the top of the table, Arsenal seems to have a path that they're taking. It's these, it's these top clubs that we've known, at, like growing up, that are struggling big time. That you really have to ask the questions of. Even West Ham sitting down there. I mean, you have to ask questions of West Ham. They might get relegated, man. Dude. Why the hell are you in 14th if you're West Ham? They have a lot. They have. They're losing Declan Rice. I know. You're losing your. I mean. Nobody on that team showed up this year, though. Yeah. No. Rice to United. I love that. Guys, that I would love be that for them, man. such a disgusting midfield. 
Rice, you Casemiro. can't get through anybody in the midfield. And Casemiro Bruno. and Declan Rice. That yeah. is crazy. That could and be I mean, a title-winning midfield, honestly. Obviously, they're going to get memed a little bit too, but even having the options off the bench of McTominay and Fred that like probably won't even get a sniff of... I don't think McTominay Well, they're also stays. about to get Mount. What? I don't think McTominay stays. Yeah, and they'll have Mount, yeah. which is wild. That's oh yeah, that's in the works though, right? That's in the works. Yeah, no, we're not we're supposedly. not insiders here. Supposedly, I don't, well, think, I don't think we can say they have. Man. I'm I think just they agreed to contracts today. I'm just listening to Fabrizio, man. He knows about everything. True. Okay, I do, always, I do always trust Fabrizio. Yeah, How that you know? that midfield would be stacked though. You could oh, be crazy. You, nobody's midfield could get through them. Yeah, well, but then maybe they still have one midfield. Thing. No, actually, I don't know. If I they don't could think do. so. I don't know if City could. To be honest, they have to all be wing play. Do you think United signs a striker like? I think they've tried Rashford inside a few times, but like, do you think United goes and signs a number one clear striker? Yeah, this summer probably. Harry Kane. That seems to that be the seems, way. That seems like a lot of investment if you get Mount Rice. Okay, they, so they've this, got a war chest. This Express this. article is actually saying that Pochettino banished Jao Felix, so supposedly there wasn't an option. Hmm. Jao did not have an option to come back to Chelsea. I mean, I didn't think they were going to... Dude, <laughs> the fact that Jao Felix started his uh, time at Chelsea with a red card after he came on is probably the funniest and like most fairy tale story for this Chelsea season out of anything. That has to be the greatest way I've ever seen someone begin at Chelsea. He steps on the pitch and gets a red card. <laughs> oh, yeah. Chelsea gets 12th place. <laughs> Hilarious. It's just like wow. the perfect way to encapsulate this season for them. Um, yeah. Zachariah also, Poch said he's not coming back next season. I forgot he was there to begin with. Yeah, don't think he'll be too missed. I, I don't think it's a big deal. Still a good player. I'd love to have him at Southampton, but that's not saying much. I don't know. Like, I mean, Mike, I know you hate them, but another team that I just don't think belongs around there is Everton. Why? Because they're one of two teams. That how long has it been since those two teams have been relegated? Everton since like the fifties, I think. Everton and I think what was the other team? Was it Arsenal? I don't know. They haven't been relegated in a while. Yeah. Maybe that's just me thinking the fact that they've been in it so long. They're just a staple of the Premier yeah. League. Like. I think that might be what it is, and maybe it's just their times coming to an end. But it just it does look weird. I mean, they didn't have anybody on that team. No, but it still looks weird for a club of their stature to be that low. Maybe it is just their time, though. I don't know. They're they just, did not look promising. They're just kind of a mess, you know? Yeah. Like the Hamas Rodriguez I forgot about purchase Hamas last Rodriguez. year was just weird. And last it was year? very much like was a, a while ago. That was a while ago. That was was it? No, that was last year, dude. Hamas? No, that was a long time ago. Like, really? not, not the previous season we just finished, the season before that. Uh, I think it was longer than that, my yeah. friend. I think was it? I don't know what kind of standard time you're on, but I think it's... Are you sure? It's the wrong one. Pretty sure. I don't know. Okay, well, anyways. Uh, yeah, that's that Everton from 2020 to 2021. 2020? Yeah. Dude, so COVID really just made there. everything feel... Wow. But anyways, purchases like that, I feel like that sums up what Everton's been like lately. What? You that's know? A, what, that was an insane purchase. That was like a shocking... Yeah, it was a bad purchase. I don't think it was bad. Thomas Rodriguez did not work out with them. Definitely no, he didn't. Good. But he didn't want to be there. Yeah. It just was not a good one. Where is he now? Olympiacos. That does seem like a common theme with Everton the past few years. Maybe it's a front office thing. No players really want to be there. At Everton? Yeah. Yeah, you grow there. Well, 
Connor Cody for some reason <laughs> went there. Yeah, which is he wild. Is. He but he's not coming back. Became dude. I've noticed that players that go to Everton, especially defenders, turn to. I'm not going to use the word the S word because we're trying to not be explicit. Um, but they turn uh, pretty ugly. If you look at uh, Michael Keane and his time with Burnley compared to his time with Everton, not good. No. If you look at James Tarkovsky with his time with Burnley compared to his time with Everton, guess what? Not good. Not good. <laughs> if you look at Connor Cody and his time with the Wolves and his time with Everton, guess what? Not good. I don't know. He seemed pretty stoked. He seemed stoked, but he didn't play well. Yeah, that's true. And, like, what else? Like, I mean, people were saying that Ben Godfrey was supposed to be this pretty good defender for them, and he didn't impress. They ended up using, like, Mason Holgate. I think they have a lot of problems. It's a weird team that people just jump on and then leave. Like, why did yeah. why did Ancelotti go there? I don't know. That was so bizarre. I don't know. They seem to get names for, like, three weeks and then just move on. Like, it's nothing. Um, But, yeah, even – God – Cha- like changing topics a little bit here, but looking at James Rodriguez's career path is the strangest thing. It looks like it's in Rod reverse. Career, <laughs> F- like I'm not gonna include the Argentinian clubs, blah blah blah. But FC Porto to Monaco to Real Madrid to Bayern Munich to Real Madrid to Everton to Al Rayon to Olympiacos. He was he ever that? He was good on Porto and he was good in that World Cup. He was great on Monaco and then yeah, started out promisingly Monaco. with Real Madrid and then I think they. They just never needed him. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't have a need. Bayern, he was fine. I, he's pretty good at Bayern, I guess. But dude, keep in mind he went on loan to Bayern, like on loan for thirteen million euros. That's crazy. That is, I keep looping it back to Southampton. This is gonna be co- become a common theme. That is more than most of our signings. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. And it was a loan for Hamas. It was that goal, man? It was that one goal he scored in the why World Cup. Changed his whole career. Dude, why can't everyone just have as much money as these teams? It makes me want to cry. It's actually wild. I. What do you guys? You guys like the European system? It's like the like transfer system? You mean? Just compared to North American sports, like rich teams stay up, relegation it promotion. Kind of goes against like all of my values, even though I'm a City fan. It's kind of a paradox yeah, in my life. all your values. Yeah. But you're like City. Okay. <laughs> I chose him as a kid, so, you know, it's just yeah, going to stick with money, that. I love oil money, but it really When was that? When they me. won the when Aguero? Well, I was a player fan before City, so actually originally I liked Liverpool because Fernando Torres was, like, my favorite player, like, ever. And then I moved on to Aguero, and I followed him to City. Um, so now you like Barcelona? No, I became a team fan once I got to City. <laughs> Um, but no, I don't I know. Like, like the hospital, what's that? He's injured. Oh come on, man! He's How's retired this? now. Right? Yeah, he's retired. Yeah, what, he got like sick. Yeah, he had a heart condition. Now heart he's condition. a full-time streamer on Twitch. Oh, yeah. Who is Aguero? That is fantastic. Yeah, I don't know if he's full-time, but he streams a lot. So. I think that Aguero bag. also helps with. Uh, he helps with PK's league that he has in Spain right now. Oh, the, the Kings, Kings league. league or whatever. Yeah, which Andrea Pirlo is playing in, by the way. Really. Yeah, that oh, league looks cool. insane. Andrea man. Pirlo left his job as manager in the Turkish league and signed up to play in Gerard Piquet's Kings League. Okay, that's kind of sick. Dude, it's Hell super yeah. fun to watch. That's super cool. They even had a guy. Uh, they had a guy last year that was. Um, I can't remember who they. I can't remember what they called him, but there was a guy that in every game he played wore like a luchador mask, and apparently it was because he was a pro footballer, but like was told by his manager that he wasn't allowed to play, 
So he put on a mask so that his manager didn't know he was playing. And it was the greatest storyline in any league I've ever seen in my life, but I don't know what happened with it. I don't even think he was ever revealed. You're going to have to tell that on the next podcast. <laughs> what? No, I don't want to do research. What the hell? <laughs> 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 you think I am? Even knowing that was impressive for me. No, but yeah, I I, I like parody in, in all, all in sports. sports. Yeah, so I like watching really good teams. Apparently. But I like <laughs> I like parody as well. So I, I don't know what the solution is. Maybe like a Germany, like 50 plus one kind of thing. Yeah. Or a cap on... You want parody, so you want the league where they just won their 13th title in a row. Yeah, <laughs> I know. But maybe God, it, it might be different in England. I don't know. I think I don't have too much problems with the system because in the end of the day, I mean, in the real world, the rich get richer sort of idea. Yeah. But... At the same time, I do wish we had more stories like Leicester. I do wish we had those, like, little pushes. Blackburn Rovers. Yeah, and, like, I will agree with Daniel. Obviously, like, in the Bundesliga, Bayern Munich just continues to win it, win it, win it, win it. Yeah. But even seeing, like, these, like, clubs like Union Berlin come up and get, like, Champions League football, like SC Freiburg come out of nowhere. Like, it's cool to see those kind of things compared to, like, in first place in the Prem, Man City. In second, Arsenal. In third, Man United. Like, and that's only going to... You know, like there's, there seems to weirdly be more parody in leagues that aren't England, but I do, I do love the little underdog stories. I mean, even Brighton being sixth, I think is it's really cool. It's yeah. a cool thing. But uh, I, I also think it's like a bigger thing too. Like, uh, there's no parody with league to league. Like all the TV deals are in the Prem, so there's no balance internationally either. And I think that trickles down into the leagues as well. That's why every league has like two or three teams that are always at the top. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's just an imbalance all over the place. You don't, you don't catch it. No, England has <laughs> all the deals. Like Serie A, like every club is like broke. La Liga is like fighting for their life to get those TV deals. To be deals, fair, Serie A is a very different situation because their government is messed up and the league is half run by mafia. Please don't come after every need for something. Okay, fair. Yeah. We're going to redact that. But, uh. <laughs> per journalist, could I have a source, please? <laughs> oh, Trust me, bro. Yeah, source. Trust me, bro. <laughs> Trust me, bro. I know the mafia. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think. I don't really think there's too much of a way to fix that in. That's what I'm English saying. Like, it, I don't. It's no, there's so you embedded you don't, in. You don't fix it. I'm just wondering what do you prefer? Like, are you a fan of the lottery and teams I don't like lottery. I don't like and you can I don't trade like away everything. Yeah, I'm not a fan I, of that. I can't say I like North American systems more per se. I agree. I don't I, like intentionally I, losing. I like that I in think, Yeah. You uh, always they're always trying to win no matter where you are. Like yeah. like Everton it's a little embarrassing but like the pitch invasion like they're fighting for their lives. Like they're so happy it's just to stay up. That's that's great of that's what I love about that too like, though. I don't not know. Like I, pitch invasion to be relegation. Everton wasn't know, gonna make Champions League. No, of course not. But like, you know, it's your relegation. So. They weren't gonna. Well, honestly, they could have made Europe. Aston Villa's in Europe. I just, I couldn't yeah. imagine a world where like, it's like Moneyball, Billy Bean sitting in his room, but he's actually the manager of Everton, being like, "All right, I'll give you a, a third round pick mm-hmm. um, for." No, I couldn't. Like, you know, it just, it doesn't make sense in the world of football. I think, I agree with you. I can't say I prefer one over the other. But I don't like people hating on either one because it's either you get it or you don't get it. Yeah. Well, it's like in the same sense, I couldn't imagine um, like the L.A. Kings coming to the Toronto Maple Leafs and being like, hey, I'll give you $20 million for Austin Matthews rights. Like yeah. that just sounds kind of yeah. stupid, too. Like there's no 
That's you I don't can't, think there's a right way. You can't way. change them. No. Maybe you can add little things to improve it, but like each system, but you just can't change them. In case you're listening to this for soccer, um, Austin Matthews is the star centerman of the NHL's Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> but no, I think I think there's there's different ways to go about it, I guess, like rather than just having these oil companies sign clubs and then all of a sudden, poof, you're fourth in the Prem at Newcastle United. Yeah. Um, they did a good job, though, without that. They, oh, no, they, they did it. They, they did, did really good. Yeah, I, I don't even think we've seen their money come yeah, in. Yeah, no. exactly. I was actually very upset that that was the thing that was happening until I saw the moves they started making, and I was like, all right, I'm for it. Like, the yeah. fact that you got billions of dollars put in your club, and you're like, all right, what's the first move? Sign Dan Byrne. Like, it just <laughs> it doesn't – there's nothing that makes <laughs> sense about it, but it turned out really, really well. So, in that sense, I don't dislike Newcastle, but I do dislike the idea of, like – I don't know, these out-of-market guys coming in being like, do you want $3 billion? It's, it's, it's stupid to me. But I think that's just the world of football. It's an odd system. Yeah. All right. Uh, before we end this podcast, Jake, do you have anything to plug? Oh, my God, yeah. Jake, you're still here. Wow, Hi. Jesus. Hi, guys. No, hey, honestly, that I was kind of mesmerized listening to that. It like I've known you guys for a couple of months now, and just, like, it's very conversationally, and it's it's honestly fascinating to listen to. I learned a lot sitting here. and just Daniel has a really good ASMR voice. He you? does. I've learned that on my own. Thank yeah, you so he's, much. He's <laughs> really, really good. It's, it's got the, no, it's uh, for someone who doesn't watch a ton of Premier League, like, I watch a couple games where I was in a while. My buddy's a huge Tottenham fan, so he forces me to learn uh, more about tough. Tottenham. So I know. I know, man. What is there to learn about? Yeah. <laughs> Their empty trophy cabinet? Hey! Knee <laughs> <laughs> slapper. No, it's, uh, that was really good. I enjoyed that. Thanks for, thanks for having me on. But, yeah. No, I mean, if, if, you don't watch, you, if you don't watch the Premier League, it's like almost like you, like, watch uh, NBA or something, and you, like, you talk about it? Like, yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of crazy that you bring that up, because uh, one of your co-hosts here is actually on that. Did you guys know that? It's, uh, oh, what? I didn't, tell him, Jake, I didn't tell him, dude. Oh, you're cheating on Jake. us? That's Goodness. Crazy. Hold yeah. on a minute. So Jake. I have a podcast with Daniel and Shut two up. other hosts, uh, Zulfi and Spencer, and it's the Dream Team Podcast. It's uh, We like to talk about basketball, have a good, good time talking about uh, the NBA Finals are starting. So it's a lot to talk about with that. Uh, you know, it's just uh, it's a fun time. It's, it's the Dream Team Podcast, podcast. on good Spotify, podcast. on Apple, on Twitter. This is not paid promotion. We are just polite not, Canadians. Yes, I, I appreciate that. Hell well, yeah. Shout out to our show. I think, I think we owe him something. Uh, and, point, yeah, your show, your socials? Yeah, it's uh, for the, the podcast, it's dream underscore team pod. And for my own, it's Jake underscore Schultz, S-H-U-L-Z, six. And that's where you can find uh, my bias takes on everything else. <laughs> hey, we, we keep the bias takes out of it here, even though we spent 20 minutes talking about disliking Toronto FC's current situation. But, um, yeah, I think it's uh, it's good to call it there, boys. Yeah. Uh, why don't we just get you guys to we'll plug our socials here. The Kickaboot, at The Kickaboot on Twitter. Mine's is Mike Jose Collins on Twitter. Uh, mine, I believe, is at Ryan Galati one But if it's not there, just go to the following on The Kickaboot. At the kick boot. <laughs> and mine is <laughs> at Raptors Vision on Twitter. You can follow me there for occasional tweets. Very occasional. <laughs> that is the worst That's way the to worst plug I've ever <laughs> heard in my, <laughs> my life. I don't tweet that okay, much. So. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for being fantastic listeners and supporters of the kick boot. Until next time, keep kicking, keep cheering, and keep spreading the love for the beautiful game. This is Mike, Dan, Ryan, and Jake today. 
Stay passionate, stay engaged, and stay tuned for more soccer excitement on The Kickaboot. Peace.